Hello, my name is Connor. And I'm Jason. And you are listening to the Amazed and Perplexed Podcast. We are still in the life of Elijah, and uh, we're in chapter 19 of 1 Kings. Uh, when we left Elijah, it was really interesting, and we, you know, we're right in the middle of this interaction. You know, Elijah had this great victory in 18, had his life threatened the first of 19, and so he takes off, and God's interaction with him has basically been to feed him and comfort him. Uh, Elijah has just completed a 40-day trip, and so as we enter into the middle part of verse 9, he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And they have a conversation. Uh, and basically, uh, Elijah feels very justified to feel depressed and down. There are all these facts. It's obvious. And then God says, no, not so obvious. You still have lots of purpose. And he sends him on his purpose. And at the uh, tail end of the chapter, he goes and meets Elisha. Uh, and uh, so he's now going to be his protege. He's going to train him uh, as a prophet. And it ends with Elijah kind of making that complete and committed or rather, yeah, Elisha making it complete. He sets all the stuff on fire, uh, burns the the bridges, burns his ships, as it were, and then follows Elijah and became his servant. And so as we consider this piece, uh, it's a very, what I, what I do love about this section is you go from all this action and you're doing a lot of internal work here. Um, I think we're, when we think about the stories of the Bible, we're drawn to the action scenes, you know, and, and rightly so. There's a demonstration of God's power and, and man's choice of, of trusting or not trusting. Uh, but I love this because it's such an inner working uh, dynamic. But yeah, what of this, what if this jumps out at you, Connor? What's significant about this interaction? Yeah, so I'll just read this part in uh, in verse 10 that I think is, it really gets to that idea of what you're talking about, where we see, um, like, it's it's Elijah verbalizing to God his innermost feelings. But I also think it, it, it gives us validation. A lot of times I feel the pressure of, like, my innermost thoughts, my innermost beings, like if I, if I give word to those, if I am utterly and completely honest, not just with God, but with other believers and other people, then, then, then God's going to see me as, others are going to see me as weak. Others are going to see uh, my concerns as, as invalid, uh, or I have a warped perspective and people are going to judge me for this. And so, um, yeah, I, I just want to read it because it's it's so um, breathtakingly honest, and I'm so glad that God put it in the Bible. So this is, um, this is Elijah speaking. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And so what, 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 what I love about this is, um, one— there's a lot here that's true, but then there's also a lot of untruth in what Elijah is saying. He's not the only one left, right? He's not the only one following. We, we've just talked about um, about these other people. Yeah, and he knows because nobody, he knows nobody told him. Yet yeah. when you are walking through the valley, like this is exactly how you feel. This right. is exact like and, and what is so um, empowering and so um, makes me just so happy that this is there is that um, there's a sense that what God always wants for us is to be rational and to give voice to the rational, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like th there's a sense that the godly thing to do in any moment is the rational thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, and again, like 
I, I, I don't think God is like, yay, Elijah, you're not seeing the full perspective. But what Elijah is doing is he's giving voice to what he feels on the inside, what his fear has, has, has shaped his thoughts into. And he's honestly honestly putting them up to God and he's honestly telling God how he feels. Um, and this is just so, um, again, like we, it's such something we've talked about so much and touched on specifically in this series, but God did not have to put this here. God did not have to put, um, the honest, um, ramblings and fearful ramblings of a faithful prophet of God. And yet he does, and he puts it here and I just cannot be any more thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this and I love God's response. I love the, first of all, this is you know, he's been saying this in his own head for, you know, um, over a month because he had this, we kind of jump over the passage where he goes for travels for 40 days and 40 nights, you know, since God has fed him. And so now he's at this space and finally God is like, what are you doing here? It's, it's the first time he asks him a question. And I love too that, that Elijah says this two times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's funny because I've heard people make a lot out of the quiet whisper and we even talk about, I, I'll hear people pray, help us to your quiet whisper. And I think that's really very reasonable, but Elijah doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Well, like, it's funny because <laughs> he asked him that question. He said, well, you know, what are you doing? He's like, you did all these things and I, I'm so abandoned. And then he said, go out and all these crazy things happen. And then you hear him in the quiet whisper and he's like, okay, now what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah's like, same <laughs> didn't you hear me before well and i what i love about that is like there's this i have this sense right like of when i'm in a like it almost seems like elijah's panicked here yeah like you go like you if you've ever had a panic attack or been like around somebody that you love that had a panic attack there's the sense right that if i get the right words right then like or i i do the exact right thing then that will rescue them from the panic attack and yet here we have the god of the universe you know using this beautiful language doing this different and there's some things i i definitely think it helps elijah but the immediate impact is not that it snaps elijah out of what he's going through right um and and yeah i, I think that is just so important i'm so glad you pointed that out well, and that's the thing, you know, you, you'd said the, the godly person is the rational person, the one, all right, calm down, let's get this right. And it's not that we're saying we're extolling, hey, be more Christian, panic, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or be more Christian, be irrational. But God is like, I work with this individual. We're, we're so much into labeling and are you f- fulfilling the criteria here so that you can be a Christian? And God's like, it's just, God doesn't use that language. Um, he's like, this is the person I'm working with. And now, since the Spirit's been poured out on all of us, according to Acts 2, then he's working with all of us in the same way that he's working with Elijah here. You know, it was yeah. unique at this point, but now he's working with all of us. And so he's like, yeah, I, your your panic doesn't put me off. And it's the other thing, too, is if I show you something great, if you're like, I don't even know if I believe in God, I'm like, oh, I want to go out here and show you this thing. And there's this tornado and there's this huge fire and, you know, all this stuff happens. And then you hear this quiet whisper, and it sends, like, chills through us. I don't know the impact on Elijah. We just assume, whoa, this would be a big deal. And then you're like, I'm totally unaffected. I'll be like, what? And I, well, let's see another tornado. Let's see another earthquake. Yeah. Let's see, you know? And God's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not bothered. He corrects him. He's like, sure. look, you're, you're not right. You don't have all the facts. But he's not mad that Elijah doesn't just immediately snap to and become rational and you know, the good kid in the story. So there's this story, and I think Hannah will be okay with me telling it. We were, um, this was several years ago. It was too late. (laughs) (laughs) You know this isn't live, right, Jason? Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is several years ago before Indigo was born. Uh, We were were on a road trip. We were, like, going to the Grand Canyon, and some of my fondest memories are of that trip, and I remember we had got up really early because – 
although I am one of the most laid back people in the world, when I am on like a, when I am directing a trip, I am just outrageously anal about everything. And so like, I'm like, got to get out of the, got to get out of the most majestic part of God's creation as quick as possible. But we were, we had, uh, we had camped, uh, camped on, on the rim the night before. And so we got up really early to leave. Um, and so we're like, Hey, you know, there's these outlooks over, over the Grand Canyon, if you've never been there before. And so we're like, Hey, let's just eat our breakfast on one of these outlooks. And so we do that. And I eat way too quickly. I will almost certainly die one day alone because I scarf down too many French fries too quickly. Uh, <laughs> but I finish early and I just, I'm just like in awe. Like, I'm just like, you know, we're seeing the sunrise over the, over the canyon. And I'm like, I'm here with like the love of my life. She's so beautiful. We're like, we're, I'm watching the sun come up on her face as, as she wear, as she wore my hoodie because she didn't realize that it was really cold at the Grand Canyon. And so I got to be cold and she got to wear my hoodie. And I was just so filled with like awe of God's creation and love. And like, I, it was just like the most harmonious feeling that I had. And I remember like, you know, I, I thought we we're just sitting in quiet, just enjoying each other's presence. And Hannah looked at me. She's like, "You're done. Let's go." And like, <laughs> and I remember, and I remember You're about to break into song. Yeah, I felt like I feel like the birds are gonna start singing. I'm gonna start levitating. You know, it's, suddenly there are gonna be other like people choreographed dancing around me. But I, I say I say all that to say like that feeling of like when you feel like oh man here it comes and the the part of that story is that Hannah was in the midst of like a pretty serious depressive episode like not depre- like depressive season for her um, and so while she like she did really love parts of our trip and, and loved seeing the Grand Canyon um, her ability to sit in awe and you know gush about it just wasn't there and what I really I wanted to try to explain it no don't you see because like the canyon's like really big like he's like it's big so <laughs> so, so isn't God good <laughs> but in reality the thing that God does is he doesn't like he's not providing the spectacle for Elijah he says come and stand in my presence and from you know from my wife in that moment what she needed to be was I need to be in her presence I need to be where she needed to be um and I just I I love um I love that distinction here for um Elijah it's not the wind and again it's like there's no direct whatever and there's no uh there's no direct response from Elijah of like oh yes I've been solved by by the whisper I've been directly solved by like all these crazy weather events that you're bringing about or your majesty um but yet the remedy for all of this of, of his despair, of his fear, is God says, come and sit and s- or stand in my presence. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I want to walk that out just a little bit as far as, because I think it's such a tremendous example. We see it with Elijah. You're experiencing, the, you know, in, the, in that memory with Hannah. And I think this happens all the time. And we have to be just so careful not to ascribe um, some judgment to that. So, so I experience a worship time, I, a, a church service, and I am really blown away, and I'm really moved, and I look around, and, and this is the truth. When I am singing, I almost always close my eyes because I'm so distracted by the people that aren't participating or are sleeping or are you know looking like they're bothered, you know. And and at the church I go to, most people really engage in our worship, and it's very, it's very. Um, communal in that sense, you know, but I've had to close my eyes because I would have so much judgment mm-hmm. about the person. Then you get up and you speak to that same group <laughs> and it's hard to block out the person that clearly is on their phone, you know, like sure. deep in, like they're not looking up the Bible. They're, they're watching their bets on, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, what I love about it is, 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 is like, there's two parties at play in that sort of circumstance. And I've been both of those people in church where I was the one fully in it and judging the people who were not in it. Right. And I've also been the person so overwhelmed by like, church hurt and church trauma that like 
I couldn't engage. Like I, ha- I ha- like, and it sounds like such a dumb thing. And if you haven't been there before, I could like I had to look at my phone because like I, it was too painful to want to engage in, in those moments. Right. I, or I had to go to the back hallway and sit because it was too painful. And so I've been on both things, and I've also been the person sitting there being like, how how can you be so into this? How can you be so uh, so? And and God here, um, what what I love is that God is not like. God's not you sitting in church being like, okay, let me take a break here real quick to address um, the fact that Elijah's on his phone. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I love that so much. I do. And, and that's exactly it. I, if we are trying to gain more of the heart of God, one of the ways to watch is how quickly do I move to judgment? Can I allow the person to be very distracted here and still think, hey, God is God is this person's God too. And it's not that if I have an opportunity to influence, I won't. It's simply not to feel that that's a needed mission. God exerts power, which the thing about God exerting power, when I think of me exerting power, then I'm like, you need to appreciate this because it's not happening all the time. God, God could cause earthquake after earthquake after earthquake and not exhaust any of his power. So him exerting power isn't the same thing as if I was, but God does do this for a reason. Um, and it seems to be totally ineffective at, at piercing Elijah, you know, he, he literally has the exact same script and then God's God immediately moves to action, which I think that's an interesting thing. I do have a question for you. What do you make of the choice of doing, doing that? If he's going to speak in a small whisper, why speak in a small whisper? And this may be very elementary to you, but, but I am curious why have all these cataclysmic things happen, really destructive things happen and then have the whisper because God knew it wasn't going to impact Elijah, at least not initially. Now, of course, we don't know, you know, is the first time Elijah's saying it, he's like super passionate and very sure, angry. And the sure. second time he's just kind of going through the motions. We don't know what effect it had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, why do you think God did it that way? Man, God should have just waited to write the Bible until podcast technology was around. Truly the uh, we would have, penultimate. We would have cleared the, that all the, up. The ultimate. Uh, now, uh, yeah, so... Uh, so man, here's 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 my here's my take on it, and you know, uh, take it with a grain of salt. My understanding is that um, in ancient ancient writing, it it was not uncommon for the gods, whether that be Baal or any of the other you know uh, divine creatures, when their presence came, and these cultures would write about them. They would write with you know they came with a thunder, or they came with lightning, they came with all these other things. And so I wonder here, because obviously. Like Elijah is in despair because like nobody in his mind, everyone else has abandoned Yahweh for all these other gods. And it's still the case. Like is Yahweh speaking to here and saying, listen, yes, I can do all those. I can do all the things that the other gods do, but I am also different. Um, Like one one thing I read and I I just happened to read a note on this this morning. So it's, you know, maybe it's true. I didn't get a chance to fact check it or not. My according to this according to this study, there is not a record in history of any of these ancient Middle Eastern um, gods of any of these gods presence coming with the sound of a whisper. So what I wonder here and what maybe, you know, these these uh, much smarter people than us would put forward is this another chance of God reminding Elijah like, hey, not only do I have the power, I'm also different. I'm also a different kind of God than Baal and a different kind of God than these other things that you see all these other people worshiping. So I, I, that, that definitely could be a piece of it. That, that's good. I mean, I really appreciate that. I, I am fascinated with the carbon copy response both times mm-hmm. and then the quick turn, you know, because when you get to verse 15, God immediately, you know, he's like, and I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. And he's like, okay. 
so here's what we're going to do. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. You know, like there's right. no real answer. He's like, I need you to go back the way you came because he traveled for 40 days. Go back to this desert. When you get there, you're going to anoint this king and you're going to do anoint this guy and you're going to do this thing. And then you're going to find Elisha. Um, and and you don't have to fear because they're going to put everybody to the sword. That's another thing that's interesting about this passage is that God's reassurance here involves violence. Mm-hmm. Um, Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped Jehu's sword, and, and I still reserve 7,000 in Israel. So he, he is speaking specifically to Elijah's fears, both fear of violence and then also fear of just numbers, you know, which is interesting because it's it's – you know, 41, 42 days ago, he observed the people rise up and kill all these prophets of Baal, and now he's frightened. And I would have, if you would have asked me in that context, okay, who is Elijah frightened of prior to that event? And I would say, well, the prophets of Baal, you know, they are kind of this this expression of control of the country. Like through them, Jezebel is controlling, uh, you know, the country, and now they're gone, you know, so you would think that Jezebel really lost that picture of her power, and yet she's like, "No, you're going to die," and that was all it took to put Elijah in this motion that's occupied every waking thought for over a month. Mm-hmm. And now God is like, "Look, calm down. I've got this. You're going to go, and you're going to do this, and this, and this, and you have nothing to fear. And I have so many people reserved." And and then Elijah goes, and, and I think it's it's a fascinating turn. It's funny because at five minutes earlier, Elijah had been like, I ain't going. And now it's like, bang, bang, bang. Okay, now I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think that brings about a really interesting um, an interesting thought. Um, I, I do wonder... I know for you in your life, you've uh, your beliefs, um, while centered in in the person of Jesus and, and his work on the cross, um, you know those haven't shifted and those haven't changed. Um, a lot of the secondary issues uh, that Scripture speaks to. Um, your beliefs and opinions have altered in terms of what God's picture for His community and for our lives has has changed. When when you when those like secondary things have started to shift and change for you, um, did you ever have an experience like maybe Jezebel here, where like evidence was directly um, presented to you and you held on even firmer, you held on even even further and firmer to. Um, to the previous version of what you believed, or even maybe went to the Elijah perspective of when you believe something and you knew it to be the case, but everybody else around you was like, was refusing to see it. And then you just gave it a despair and threw your hands up in the air. Does that, does that question kind of? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and what's interesting is I, I, I love the question because I'd never frame it that way. I wouldn't have thought about it that way. I, I think, yeah, we're very much challenged. <sighs> When we receive God, so which is such a weird thing to even say, but when you receive your faith and you make a decision or you even realize, okay, it's not mine yet, you know, and a lot of times this comes up in, you know, high school kids moving into adulthood and we talk a lot about having a projected faith, 
you know, like it's somebody else's faith and you trust them and so you've taken on their faith. But if you don't go through a process of, now they call it deconstruction, you know, back then it was simply living your life, you know, I guess. But if you don't go through a process of, okay, do I believe this part? Do I believe this part? Do I believe this part? And in a lot of contexts, you don't have the freedom to do it. Like in order in order to even go through that process of deconstruction, there's a sense that you've got to give up all your relationships or you can't go to this church anymore to ask those questions, you know, kind of thing. It's interesting that God does that regularly with people. Elijah had a very specific way that he understood God. And and some of it was really healthy and some of it wasn't. And And it's just like your description of, why did God, you know, he, he sent this, it's obvious he's causing all this, this stuff to happen, you know, these natural disasters as we would talk about them, um, or acts of God, maybe better, better said, and yet God's quote, not in them, you know, which means he's not signaling with those, you know, which is very much carries the description you gave about, this is how that the other people talk about their gods. God's not like that. He could do it, but he's not like that. You know, he has done it before. He past. has done it. Yeah, he brought a fire. But for to Elijah do it. in this moment, that's yes. not what he needed. That's what he. Yeah, exactly right. And so for for us, it's funny because I would never even have uh, put myself in the category of receiving something from God, a clarity from God that I didn't have, and I've been on both sides of it for sure. I've definitely, I remember working with a missions program and the students would suggest things and I would just be like, go back to class. Like, <laughs> like I'd be like, we're not talking about that right now. But then being convicted, hey, there's something here. I mean, they hold a very different perspective than I've been taught. And I think it's more in line with who God is. And then on the other side of it where I'm like, you know, look, we're studying this Bible and this Bible does not say what we've been saying it says. It just doesn't say that, you know, we, we, somebody made that up and we agreed with it for a season, but now we're not, it is a tough, tough spot, you know? And so it's funny because on one hand, I really relate to his feeling of God, this isn't right. You you told me to do this and now I'm stuck and I'm alone and I'm, you know, got a death warrant, uh, you know, uh, over hanging over me and so that dynamic of him then having to turn around and go back to the space and really believe God simply because God said because the truth is he hadn't seen the thousands you know he hadn't yet been there and run into Hazael and like okay now I'm going to anoint you and Jehu I, I assume he knew these people um, or had heard of them but it's like God is now and instead of saying hey Elijah it's going to be okay what you did is fine he's like nope I'm on to the next challenge which cuts both ways. On one hand, I get, I'm so grateful for God's reassurance that he fed Elijah and let him walk this out and let him see all this. And But he still really hasn't answered the, the heart of Elijah. In other words, I would think he'd be like, okay, job's done. Good work. Yeah. That's what I'd want. After I go through really hard things, I want him to say job's done. And instead it's like, look, I can do anything I want, but we're going to do it this way. Yeah, you know, and still involve you in a way that doesn't really remove the threat. I mean, he yeah. does have and some answers, sure. you know, but it's still. How do I say this? It's not the complete absolution that I'm looking for. Yeah. The resolution well, I want. That's the really hard challenge as we read this, as like humans that 
aren't Elijah mm-hmm. is like, okay, that's not satisfying to me, but was that exactly what, you know, Elijah needed? did that answer his, you know, heart's deepest desire, the way that God communicated and the cultural understanding that Elijah has that we don't, we don't exactly have over this are all the small, subtle signs and all the things that God is doing in this interaction. Are there so many, you know, dozens of things that are speaking directly to Elijah um, and, and the things that are going on in his heart. And what I love about what I love about the turn real quick, right? You said he, he, he says his, he has his little spiel, then God whispers and it says, you're crazy, all these cool things. And he has a spiel again. And we don't know, you know, like you said, we don't know how exactly he's saying that. Um, and then God's just like, okay, well, I have a task for you. Let's go do this. And what's funny about this is I've had panic attacks before and people who have loved me been like, okay, hey, let's, um, Let's go, we got to get our groceries. Let's go grocery shop. You know, right. Let's go do this. Yes. Or I've, or I've had a situation with other people that I love. Okay, well, um, let's just go outside, do some, let's get some stuff done. Let's, we have some tasks. Let's just, let's direct ourselves towards those tasks. And that's been an incredibly helpful tool um, when you get in, in a rut like that, especially in the moment. Um, what I love, what's, I don't know if I love it. It's crazy um, that God is like, okay, Elijah, this is pretty tough. Um, let's go anoint some kings, you know? And um, yeah, like sound, like obviously God's not saying sound good. But I, 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 I love that that's like, one, there's like a very much a, a lot of times when we are in those ruts, what we need is like, it, it, we do need that direct, like some somebody to tell us some point us in the direction of of hey move forward and try to accomplish this task or goal. Um, so one, I love that that's like a very human thing and a, and a very like just wise. Of course, it's, it feels silly to say that God said something. Yeah, good work wise. there. Good, good work job, there. God. Um, it feels like a very duh thing, but also I, I think it's just important. Um, I, I just think it's important to say how uh, like if I've had a panic attack and someone was like, okay, Connor, let's take a deep breath and. Um, I've got a crowd of like 5,000 people down the street at like uh, the maybe center. You feel like giving a sermon there, you know, in, in, in an hour, uh, you know, sound good. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, right. Yeah. So again, we don't know all that God is doing in Elijah's heart in this moment, but just um, the trust, like, yeah, okay. So here's, here's a beautiful thing that I just thought of. And maybe this is a, such a duh sort of thing. When I've had a panic attack or when I felt utter despair and like, I felt like I can't connect to God or, or any sort of thing, or I've seen it in other people, Nobody in those moments feels super confident in their abilities. Nobody in those moments feels like they are capable of um, carrying out important tasks. Um, and I love that God here is, one, he addresses Elijah, where Elijah is at. And two, he says, even in the midst of probably where Elijah feels the least capable he's felt in a long time, he goes, hey, I still trust you. Um, and not only do I trust you, I trust you with massive, important, big things. Yeah, I think it's it's actually yeah it's not a duh. it's it's really a brilliant observation of what of what God is doing and and if so yeah my I I do think I do think it's fascinating that that the only thing we see him do is go to Elisha and uh, and his response is um, in verse twenty. So Elijah says, hey, you know, uh, he finds him and he's doing this, you know, work, he's plowing. And Elijah goes up to him, throws his cloak around him, which is a sign. You know, I'm taking you on as a, as a, you know, mentee, you know, as a, that kind of thing. Um, but then Elisha leaves his oxen and runs after Elijah. And he says, hey, let me, let me kiss my parents goodbye. And then I'll come back to you. And he's like, yeah, just forget it. Go back. What have I done to you? You know? Uh, so Elisha does exactly what he said. He burns everything. Apparently he kisses his parents. He doesn't say he did that here. 
Um, he gives it to the food to the people. Then he sets out and follows Elijah and becomes a servant. And then when we get to 20, it's a shift. Like it, it totally shifts away for Elijah for, for a time. Um, but Elijah still is carrying it the way it reads to me, at least Elijah is still carrying this. Yeah. I, I, and, and maybe it's just my sarcastic interpretation, but it's like, look, I don't want to do this anyways. <laughs> so yeah, just forget it. You know, uh, playing maybe even a little hard to get, and I love Elisha's confidence of saying, all right, okay, yeah, I'm going back. He kills. I'm like, why not leave these for your parents? But no, he kills them, burns them, you know? Yeah. And no, I, lo- I, love, I love that point. And I think, like, they're either, either one, there's a very similar attitude to what you're talking about here, or there's just some sort of cultural thing that we can't pick apart. Because the response from Elijah doesn't make, any, it doesn't make sense if, if, like, it's not a... Again, like we think about when we think about carrying out the will of God, if I told you, you know, I don't know what your plans are this afternoon, but maybe you're like going to go get coffee with somebody because that's that's something you usually do. And I said, God has specifically planned this for you. And there's going to be something momentous like that is going to occur here. Like you're going to walk into that coffee shop with your like shoulders back, you know, like good posture. You're going to like, you know, you're going to be thinking all your words have weight and significance. Um, And what I love here is like that you don't get that picture of like of a man on the mission from God. It's just like a guy living his life, doing what God like. There's just so much. It's similar to how I think (laughs) it's similar and maybe. Yeah, you just get this picture of a man living his life, doing his doing his best in the moment to follow how to follow what God has set up for him. Right. And I guess the thing I like about it is it's messy. You know, I, I think there's always this assumption if you're doing a work of God, it's gonna be clean. It's gonna be obvious. It's gonna be clear. And I'm like, have you read the Bible? And and this is just one of so many situations that God gave some clear instructions. I I'm gonna point out. We don't know, did Elijah go and anoint these two kings? Because it doesn't say he did right here, you know? And maybe we'll get to that later. Um, But it's just messy. Like, the whole thing is messy. And I think we assume, if God's really working on my life, it'll be clear, and it'll be obvious, and there'll be be fruit, and it'll be like, I do A, and B will happen immediately. And it's like, that's never how that worked, Mm -hmm. you know? God's not confused god sees it clearly but humans don't and and i love this whole interaction and what i'm taking away is that fact that you know just because just because i uh feel uncertain of how this goes i know enough i know god loves me i know god's working through me he's made that promise i know he's put these people in my life whoever it is and i have these opportunities and faithfulness says i show up i do my best i'm trusting in him um, but if it goes sideways, if, if it doesn't go the way I think, if the people don't respond how they should, if I get hurt, if I, I'm scared, if all these things, God's like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's how we do this. And sometimes I have a view of God that is very sanitized and maybe even not that powerful, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to be logical. And the wonderful thing about life is the things I remember are usually the chaotic. They're the things that didn't go right. But then when I look ahead, I anticipate, well, it'll just go so smooth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, it never has gone smooth. Like, it's never worked that way. God always intervenes in the middle of messes, and he's not thrown. He's not like, well, had you not walked for 40 days, we would have been right next door to these people. But now you're going to, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, go back the way you came, and here's what we're going to do. And he's not wringing his hands. He's not like, oh, you really blew it, but okay, we'll try to make the best of it. He's like, yeah. 
Here's what we're going to do. And I think he's still doing it. And, yeah. and I think that's really important for me to remember today. Yeah, man, that's fantastic. It's one of those things as people who are like Christians who claim, who claim Jesus, like you see Jesus living that out too. He's like, he comes into messy situation after messy situation with messed up people all the time over and over again. And that affects like nothing really comes out clean when Mm -hmm. in the story of Jesus. And yet there's this, I I don't know where the belief comes from, but yet it, it does underlie so many of my presuppositions for what I think God is up to in the world. And yet we read through the old Testament and we read through the life of Jesus. And it just, that just is never how God works. I mean, never is maybe too strong, but the vast majority of the time, God does not work in the way that I presuppose that he is going to. Um, and in, the reality is in the deepest desires that of my heart, I actually don't want him to do that because if God is predictable, if God has a, if God is, is a pattern, is a, is a formulation, is a equation, um, then I mean, he ceases to be the incredible mystery, incredible, incredible if God is is a massive equation that puts out an input, then lo- nah, forget it, forget it. I always, I, I, it, I always get good. I no, right there and then the problem, the problem is, is when I get when I get poetic. That's that's the problem is when I like because I, I have I have that phrase. I can't remember who said it, but like don't why use the second best word when you can use the first? Like you know, use the best word. And so like when I when I'm prone to those moments where and again this is like this is the messiness yes. of yes. this is the messiness of like you oh, gotta leave all this in. There's though. some I know <laughs> there's a word there that is gonna perfectly encapsulate it. Yeah. And maybe God is maybe maybe every time I have to spend an extra twenty minutes editing the podcast because I can't spit out what I'm trying to say. God is like purposely trying to teach me about the messiness of his of his creation so whether i leave all of that in or not or make it sound a little bit better to make me sound a little bit smarter um man i pray that this episode blessed you and encouraged you uh and just helped you realize that man god um god shows up in the messiness and so if you look around and you see chaos you see messiness you see a gentle whisper um god has something for you there god's gonna show up grace peace and love